0: welcome to the no plan b podcast my name is renee weimann and with me today as always jump in joe asbury and i give up the mic for you joe please introduce our guest for today's episode
1: ladies and gentlemen that combo guard pass first point guard quick as hell strong as hell clutch shooting three-point guy Putting guys on skates. I love this dude's game. I'm really like one of the sky scroopies. You know what I mean? But don't get it twisted. Just a fanboy. Just a fanboy of this game. <laughs> from, from Cartersville, Georgia. Did I say it right? Cartersville, Georgia. Yeah, you Georgia. said it right. Preach it there. Preach it, brother. Emmanuel Holloway. What's up, my brother? How you doing?
2: Man, I appreciate that intro, guys. I appreciate you jumping, Joe. Triple OG. Let me let me not let me not miscorrect it, man. Triple OG, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate it now. Yeah. Cool,
1: cool. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the journey, man. And let me before okay. we even get started, let me let me tell you, man. Those UBC Tiger glory days, man. It was just really like for me to be able to sit there, man, in front of you know five, six thousand fans, bro, at that uh, AWD arena, and to talk my shit, <laughs> and, and, and really, man, and to watch you out there perform, man. Like you really, you're a stud, bro. Like I love your game, man. You play with energy. You play with passion, man. You play with heart. You hit clutch shots, man. You ball out of control there, man. And it was really great times, man. But we'll get into that a little bit later. I said to put that out there for the fans. Let the know. <laughs> and also let these haters know: Hey, we got real ballers that come on our on our platform, man. Like me and Renee really take pride in our guests, man. And we know that these dudes are really pro basketball players. This isn't the guy who is running around the gym, you know, with with no fan base, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh crossing over uh, empty uh crossing over cones you dig this is the man. real deal right here so how did it all start man when did the uh, the journey begin ah uh, man
2: i gotta give i gotta thank god that i have a, a dad who put the you know the basketball in my hand at a young age i remember a video of me when I was a kid uh in the preschool in the preschool room we was living in hawaii had a little preschool go right and I was in my whitey tidy trying to dunk and I'm getting pent and my sister was on the side telling me what I, you know, I wasn't good. You missing it, laughing, laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like three, I'm like maybe three. No, I'm like three. And I will go over there and grab her beret and pull it. Like, no, no, I was upset. And ever since then, like, my dad would just show me, like, this is what you want to do. This is what you want to be serious. You got to
1: show me you want to put the work in. So,
2: you know, we just build from there, so
1: that's when it that's started. awesome man shout, yeah. shout out to pops bro shout out to pops yeah, pops you, cre- you created a bona fide stud this dude can ball <laughs> so let's fast let's fast forward so uh so then uh how did it go from there i mean was uh high school was a good experience for you uh did you do the aau route or how'd that go
2: yeah man so uh i didn't i didn't play organized i didn't play rec ball at all i did i, did, I didn't play you know, nowadays, they play travel ball at a real, real young age. I didn't do any of that. My dad said, you're going to get the fundamentals down. You're going to work on your form. You're going to have your form right. So, I, literally, I would do form shooting all every morning. Like, every morning, i do form shooting. I had spots I had to shoot from. I had to do that. And all of my friends, they they playing rec ball. getting 30. And I'm like, man, I want to get 32. But <laughs> by the time I got to sixth grade, I finally was able to play, you know, middle school. Some people call it junior high. And we were terrible. We didn't win a game that year. Um, then I went through it then, and I don't even think that school, it was South central middle school. Now it's red top. They hadn't really won basketball the whole time, like the whole existence of the school. And then we turned it into a good program. Thanks to, you know, some of my, my, my great teammates. And then after my 13, when I was 13, going into high school, uh, we, we lost to this, the Cartersville city school in the championship game. And they had all the athletes. Now, that's the inner city. So they got all the athletes. But I was the only one. I was the one that was putting up a fight because I was the point guard against their press. And, you know, at that age, they press. So they put me on the travel, the travel team. And then that's how I, that was the first time I played travel ball at the age of 14, 14 under. Um, it was just a local team. It wasn't one of them big circuits. I didn't get that exposure tried out for Georgia Stars one time. I messed up cuz I tried out for the 17 under when I was only like 16 or 15. Didn't know any better. I didn't make it, but it was all good, man. High school was great. Um I, I started as a I started varsity as a freshman. So that travel ball really helped me. I started varsity as a freshman. Went through my bumps and bruises, man. Like they was I was really I was the smallest guy out there. Every every night, the smallest guy out there, short. They had to take my shorts up; they would fall off me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember (laughs) they had to tape them up. Like literally, we'd be getting smacked. They'd be pressed. I mean, the first time we played against Pebblebrook, team out of Mableton, Georgia, right outside by Six Flags, off by uh, Atlanta. The very first play, I get dunked on. They, you know, they trap me. I throw the ball away. I'm chasing. I'm thinking I'm about to block the layup. He throw it off the backboard to the guy. He ended up playing. Oh my god. And he catching it like you jumping Joe, catching and just dunking. Ha! And then the, the cheerleaders, the sisters, they over there. Uh, 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 they doing they little, they little serade, <laughs> straight <laughs> cadence is everything. They even had a chat. They even had a chat. Uh, they even had a chat with the score. Uh, are you losing? Are you losing? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, crazy in there. That's Ooh, a hostile got,
1: environment. <laughs> man, a
2: hostile environment. It was prepping me for the future. I didn't even know it. <laughs> it got crazy in there. But so then so I just got in the lab, man. That's what I that's what I knew how to do. It's get in the lab. Came back the next year. We went to the we ended up playing them in the men's championship uh, that year, the region championship. We lost, but we, we made it there. So as a sophomore, I made huge strides and then we had a coaching change. Thank God coach Tolman came and he he preached he preached he preached what he preached was teamwork you know what I'm saying he really preached teamwork and being confident in shooting the ball you know that's that was that was where I got that from he was really gung ho about being confident in shooting the ball you catch the ball you shoot it you know what I'm saying you you put the work in you shoot it he had drills that we did um and 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 we moved the ball and shot it man we played as a team and it was fun and then uh I can keep going, man. But it was high school, junior high, grade school was fun, man.
1: It was Beautiful job. So let's let's fast forward to the college experience because okay. uh yeah, man, I, I know you you put in some real work on that college on the college ranks too, my guy. Yeah,
2: man. And that's that's funny because you know, growing up you had you always have dreams to play in the NBA, right? Like Yeah. And you're supposed to dream big, you know what I'm saying? You, you dream big, you play in NBA. But you definitely want you, you to have people in your corner that believe in you. You want to have a support system. You want to have people who, who have done it before. It's people. That's why I appreciate you. People who, who, could, who could steer you in the right direction and put game in your ear, you know what I'm saying? They don't have any ulterior motive. They just want the best for you. So coming out of college, I was very fortunate. I had one Division One school look at me, one. Coming out of college and it was fortunate because we went down to I, I played YBOA. If anybody knows anything about travel ball, YBOA, you know, it is what it is. But we went, we made nationals. We made nationals down to Orlando and at the same time they had the AAU nationals. So we knew that the AAU National had all the coaches over there. But I made a commitment to this YBOA nationals team and I'm like, man, you know, my dad was big on my dad's big on commitment, man. Like, and I'm like <laughs> But I know I'm like, if I wanted to go where I would need to go, I need to go over there and play (laughs) over there. I need to be over there at the Walt Disney Center, right? So uh, our off day. Now, mind you, Nationals, you play all week. The off day, we're supposed to be resting. Everybody's at the pool. My dad was like, all right, well, this is the day. I'll take you over there. And fortunately that day, uh, one of the, the travel ball team that I had actually started with, they had just grabbed a couple guys. I'm thankful for them because they would always grab the guys in our area because we don't get that much exposure here for basketball mm-hmm. before this time. Now we got a great stud. That's the point guard for Kentucky who just declared for the draft, Ashton Hagens. Um, but at that time, they took them all down there, and, and I played on their team. I just jumped on, and I and I did good, man. And Cleveland Jackson, he uh he saw me and and recruited me to Mercer University. Uh, and it was fun. That, but that was the first time I played against guys who were bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the knock on where I'm from is normally guys, they don't get above six. You, know, you don't play against guys who are 6'5 and taller. You don't play against 6'7, 6'8, 6'9, 7 feet tall guys. Like, you don't play against guys who could stretch the floor. Like, I listened to the Greg Loggins video podcast. Yeah, yeah you don't, we, don't, we don't see that. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm from. We don't, we don't get to see that you know so that was a big that was a shock for me i'm seeing seven footers my first dad Mercer, coming off ball screens and shooting threes i'm like oh shit, <laughs> you know <what> I'm
1: <laughs> like, this is real out here
2: <laughs> how, how,
0: how tall are you just in I'm case six, someone's wondering Well,
2: yeah <laughs> uh, my, my shorties say i'm 6'1 uh, they list me at 6'2 you know okay so, yeah
0: it's great it's great that you mentioned the thing that you dream big in the beginning because i think it's super super important um i mean you have to dream big because when you, um, in case you would not make it, and you probably you have this dream of going to the NBA, and you're not making it, and you go to Europe. I mean, it would still be amazing thing for you. Yeah. And uh, if you go there with the attitude, "Oh yeah, probably I might be a pro," um, I think that that's not the real deal. You you have to dream big, yeah. and uh, if you not reach your goal, you probably still be satisfied with, with, with the outcome, even if it's not yeah. the number one thing. 100%.
2: exactly i agree 100% uh one of the, one of the things i learned from i do a lot of inspirational stuff cuz you got to when you when you trying to be a pioneer in something and a guy named peter j Downs, he was like what do you do after you lose your dream you reach for another one. and yeah. that's when the nba looked shaky and i had the opportunity to play overseas man i wouldn't change i wouldn't change anything so it was a great experience man you are right about that like that was, i apologize Renee. i didn't i didn't say hello to you as
0: well as <laughs> you did before you did you did before <laughs> oh, yeah, we started recording yeah. so it's fine <laughs>
2: right, yeah whatever to know it's cool know. yeah but you got any questions too before i tell you i don't i, don't know I, mean, how y'all do I mean we have
0: to get into the into the hanover story because okay. i mean a lot of people cannot relate to it so probably joe has to start with what happened before before wait 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 <laughs> we need we need to cover this thing i mean when E came to Hanover, to H-Town, um, a lot of things happened before that. And the story was yeah. insane. So maybe, maybe Joe has to start yeah. the story because he was there from, okay. from the early yeah. days. And, and, then, and then we can get on to that. Yeah.
1: Okay, <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you how it all started, E. Uh, basically, it all started because, you know, uh, your, your managers uh, and money men at that time, uh, Mike and Marcus Go, uh, back in the days, I was the American on their team. Okay. In uh in a, a Liga. and so yeah. we and we were just party animals, bro. Like we ran over everybody. <laughs> you know, they they could ball. Like Mar- Marcus, Marcus was like, a, he he was like a defensive specialist, and he play, he always played really hard. And uh, and Mike, Mike was like that energy guy, and you know what yeah. I did? I just dunked everything. Yeah. And so so one day we were in our in my apartment that the club gave me, and we were just in there partying and drinking beers, and we said, "Man, you know what? This is bullshit, man. We need our own team." We and, and you can be our announcer, Joe, and you can walk around talking crazy. And we're and we're going to be the coach and the manager. We're going to have our own team in a high league, and we're going to take over basketball in Germany. So that was what our dream was, right? Wow. And of course, so you, when you think about it, you know, you, at first me, I'm thinking, all right, I didn't have a couple shots of Henny in four or five years. <laughs> like this is really some bullshit, but it's okay. <laughs> just like just like Renee said, let's dream big. Like let's try to yeah. do it. Yeah. And so we started off bro in the lowest league possible. <laughs> the lowest league in Germany, I think it's like Stadtliga or Landesliga, Kreisliga. So, Is Yeah, yeah, Kreisliga. So we Or Arbitrix,
0: it doesn't matter. Like the lowest yeah, league so, possible.
1: The, so bro, so we started off in the lowest league, man. I mean, and we it was just like a party like we we would drink beers before the game, you know, we partied <laughs> and and, man, and and we just ran over everybody dude. So as the, as the years as the clock kept ticking, Uh, basically like like seven years straight, we moved up every year. We came in first place and won a championship. And so, and then of course, that's when money came into play. That's when real professional basketball came into play. And that's when we were able to afford a stud like you, my brother, it was the best, one of the best times. In the history of matter of fact, in the history of Hanover basketball, it was the best time. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you were the stud out there leading the charge. So I let's talk about that. T- I had some help
2: though. I gotta I gotta say, I had some help. Oh, yeah, me.
1: you definitely had some help, but let's talk about that, man. Like, did you enjoy your time in Germany? And specifically, did you enjoy seeing me walking around talking my shit? Man, what, <laughs> 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 what? Coming
2: from coming from Illinois State, when I ended up going to Illinois State in the environment that I was accustomed to, I didn't know what to expect when I play overseas because you have your you have your, your your horror stories. So when I get over there, and then to be able to relate to you, uh, they hyped it up. They was like, "Yeah, you got to hype man. It's gonna be fun." They, you know, they sold me on it. I'm like, "All right, cool. I know I got to do what I got to do anyway. or I'm going back home." So yeah. <laughs> so when so when. So when you started announcing, oh, what? This is like overseas record park out here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's between and you and whoever's in front of me is in in in, uh, in the way of my food. Yo, I'm the cook yes, man. Sir. I can't let you get away with my food, man. I so. hey,
1: cook man. That's what you do. You cook. Your name, <laughs> your nickname is real, bro. You right. cook food.
2: Yeah, I too. But that was that that was a great experience, man. And I remember. Um, shout out! Let me give a shout out before I go. Uh, Brian Moulton, Anthony Slack. That's my Anthony. That's my brother right there, man. That's my dog, man. Big yeah. Slack. Uh, and JJ. I remember JJ said it. He was like, "They said it's gonna be your, your best year. Your rookie season is always your best year when it's all said and done because of all of the experiences that you get. And they gave us, you know, freedom. They gave us freedom on the court, and we had to. And we had a lot of growing pains." A lot of growing pains, man. But on that basketball court. Yeah. Man, that that environment was crazy. Especially when it, even when it got, when the old, the old gym, remember the yeah. old gym? The oh. tiger
1: yeah. yeah. The Tiger oh. Dome. Yeah. The Tiger Dome.
2: Oh my God. And one of yeah. the goals over there was kind of low a little bit. So you could really get crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Definitely
2: man give a shout out to Andre Mango man he's the
1: bachelor he was the bachelor <laughs> yeah man Dre is on bro
2: God, dang I saw that I, I was going I'm driving and I look on my phone shouldn't have your phone while you're driving uh, this way yeah. uh, I, I look and I see Andre with like. 40,000 views. I'm like, what
1: the hell's going on? Yeah, Dre, Dre's a celebrity, bro. That's the job.
2: Well-deserved. That was my first roommate when I was over there. That yeah. just,
1: he was off the Yeah, of Dre, he's a man. bomb, bro. He, Dre's a good dude, man. We love him to death, yeah. bro. Same way we love you, bro. So let's talk about uh, uh, the other countries that you played in, bro, because you, okay. you had a nice little tour out here, bro. You had a great
2: So after I, I body bagged the Pro-A, I should have came back. Like, I wish things would have worked out because what I needed as a point guard, what you need is you need championships. Like, you need a winning resume as a point guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but I was the best, I was, I think, I missed being the top score by by, like, point something points my my rookie season.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I barely missed that. But I was defensive player of the year. I averaged 20 plus points. Assists was in fives. Rebounds was up there, too. Like, I went to Czech Republic and got a bag. Like they, they broke me off pretty good. That was, that was terrible. Like that place was horrible. All right, that was, that was horrible. That place was, that place was horrible. I'm just gonna say, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that was one of the
1: main We're gonna leave that right there, bro. If you want to pick it up,
2: it's hot. I'm gonna let you know that plate's hot. (laughs) If you want to pick it up, it's hot. All right, then I went to uh, so then I went to Finland, and Finland's cold, but they got good basketball and they have a really good organization. It's like their organization is like they're organized, and you don't get paid as much. Um, they used to pay a lot, but you don't get paid as much, but you just get your money on time. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the biggest things about overseas is like, dang, am I going to get paid? What do you think I'm over here for? And then, uh, so I played there two years. Um, and then I went over to uh, Switzerland. And Switzerland, that was that league, uh, it, was, it was an interesting journey as well. And then I left uh, Switzerland and went to Italy. And I love Germany, but Italy was definitely my favorite, man. Cause they, they, uh, they had a. I was right there on the beach, Ravenna. Like I was right there on the beach, and when the, it's like six months. Everybody's at the beach all day long. Like all the restaurants are on the beach, seafood, and they they in the games chanting like in unison. Hollow fly, hollow fly, hollow fly. Like you're getting it. You're getting it, so the passion. You know, I feed off that energy. So imagine a hundred, like imagine five thousand of yous in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> you know what I'm like, <laughs> imagine the whole crowd is of you, and then that's um, beautiful. It is, and then after that, I went to Saudi Arabia, and that's when I started realizing like there was more to, like, what was I doing it for? You know what I'm saying? Like, I got paid the most there, you got hands down, got paid the most there. Um, but at that moment, because of the rules that they had, they, they changed them now. But I was missing my family now. I Finally, it started catching up with me. I was missing my family. I wanted a family on my own. Played one more year in Finland. After that, then I was like, you know what? It's time for me to, to use this, these gifts that I have and
0: give them away. And, uh, Man, that's they, beautiful.
1: That is yeah. really beautiful.
2: When was that?
0: When did you play it in Saudi Arabia?
2: That was 2013?
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh,
2: okay.
0: and what is, like, what is it like, what city have you been in?
2: Uh, I was in Riyadh.
0: In Riyadh, okay. And how? Yeah. how is that? I mean, th- this is something um, where not a lot of people know about it, that actually yeah. there is professional basketball in Saudi Arabia. And I mean, probably you can tell a few uh, very uh, special stories about that place. So, yeah. I mean, that's definitely awesome. very interesting for the listeners.
2: Yeah, okay. All right, then. Saudi Arabia, first of all, they will break the bag. I know all the people want to know, they will break that bag. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) To get over there (laughs) to that. They they will drop that bag, but just as fast as they'll drop that bag, they'll drop your ass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're not balling.
2: Yeah, so the moment you go on the plane, but they don't have, you gotta understand the culture of the Saudi Arabia. Like you gotta understand the culture. They 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 do hire help. So everything that demands labor, they they fly people in to work for them. All the other people don't really work. So the your teammates there, they don't they don't show up to practice ever. Like <laughs> like they'll get excited the first time they meet you, but when it's time to put some work in, oh, yeah, we we never started practice on time. We was at least forty five minutes, fifty minutes. And I'm just in there getting shots in, and we're in a facility where, where the floor is slippery, so you can't really. And then you don't, you don't. I I thought when I first got to Europe that, like, dang, this ain't this ain't like college. No Saudi Arabia, I should have been grateful. Like Saudi Arabia was terrible. So the guys, they would get mad, and uh, when things didn't go right, they would quickly complain. They would get upset. Uh, but outside of the, the, the court off the court is where it really takes effect because now at that time a lot of the they have media restrictions. They had media restrictions then that you couldn't FaceTime or anything back then. You couldn't do uh I think they changed it up now because I have a friend in Dubai. You couldn't um you couldn't you couldn't you know I like the ladies. You couldn't get with the ladies. So so Bro, what? but you're right. <laughs> yeah but, uh, but, you're, right.
0: Heard, but you're right but you, you're right know? But you're right, it changed a lot. I mean, uh, two years ago, like I also have a few ties to, to that country. And um, like not, not uh, there, a lot of things changed two years ago uh, in terms of their rules since yeah. um, 20, 2018, I think. And uh, the country is opening up a little bit. But what you said is very interesting because in, in the economical part, it's absolutely the same. All the Saudis themselves, they do not work. Or at least yeah. not in the normal jobs. They have people flying in from Bangladesh, from India, from Pakistan, from yeah. Qatar, from from everywhere, and they do the work on the streets and outside and everything. And the Saudis <laughs> are chilling in their <laughs> <Man>. apartments, chilling,
2: <laughs> chilling in their apartment. Let me tell you. So on the basketball court, this is when it got real crazy for me because there was a team. The team I got, I got cut after the game. We lost by, we lost by one. We lost by a buzzer beater, man. This is where it tripped me out. So mind mind you i'm i'm killing them they happy when things are going good but they don't know how to go through adversity so we play against a team uh i forget what the name of the uh i want to say Jeddah yeah, Jeddah,
1: maybe
2: yeah yeah west so coast they had a lot of they had a lot of africans i yeah. know you could go you could say middle east maybe it's africa but they had africans so you know the africans they hungry yeah they, they hungry and they athletic They, my <laughs> height or taller yeah. We had all the we had all of the uh the locals, the Saudi Arabians who would they weren't they didn't want none of that smoke. So yeah. the Africans, these Africans, they <laughs> double teaming me, triple teaming me. I'm talking about they all me 94 feet. I'm fighting, like I'm fighting. I'm fighting. I had a friend who's my, my partner, Seneca, he played on the Seneca national team, Ibrahima Thomas. He was a go-getter. So we fighting, dog. Like we do I'm doing the best I could and we down to the last we down to the last bucket, G, the last bucket. I remember I had a big three. I'm talking about, I, I had to shoot it where I was at. Like, I had to. I had no other yeah.
1: You got I, ranged up. Man,
2: I had to. I worked on it. I worked on it. So I'm over there doing the coconut symbol, like, yeah, big kahunas, big yeah, kahunas. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm over there screaming on them. And they got that look like they just want to kill me. <laughs> so we get a stop. Like, we get a stop. And we uh we up, we up one point, we up one point. They foul us, and they, and they had one foul to we had they had one to get a foul. So now we gotta take the ball on the side, right? Gotta take the ball on the side. We call a timeout. We go to the bench, and you know I'm from a male, a well mannered family. I respect well mannered coaches. But any competitive kid, any competitive player is going to want to get that ball and shoot those free throws. Cause you know it's coming and we got to put the game away. You know it's coming. Like, <laughs> yeah, <what's up? laughs> so, we sit, kind of Man, so we sitting and I, we had a coach, he, from, he was from Serbia, right? They did not respect him one bit, like none. They didn't respect him one bit. And so we sat on side and our captain, El Capitan, he was one. He was probably the worst of the worst
1: <laughs>
2: when it came to showing up on time. He never. But then the management also wasn't paying. Like they didn't pay, so they they didn't really care. So I get it. So we sitting on the bench, dog, and and uh, I remember looking at the coach and he's trying to draw up a play, and all I'm thinking about is we need. They're going to foul, and we need to shoot free throws and make like. That's just what we need to do so he tells me as soon as he gets the marker he says "E," and they say manu manu you take the ball out i said no i grabbed the marker i said no and everybody everybody looked at me and i looked and he said and the captain said manu i'll make the fritos (laughs) okay but i know my life is on the line like i know all that bag that they be sitting on that table and the reason why I'm out there is on the line, if you missed this. So I'm looking at his eyes and I, God be my witness. I might've been the reason why he missed it because I, I had no faith. I, had, I hadn't seen it. Joe, I hadn't seen the work put in.
1: Joe, I hadn't seen the work put in. you look like, I know this mother bleed is about to choke.
2: What? I can hear his knees rattling. I'm like, <laughs> I can hear his knees rattling. I'm looking like, bruh. So I, and I just quietly say, all right, you know, you got it. Sure enough, they fouled him. He missed both of them, right? Oh no. He missed both of them, but they had this really big African that never touched the basketball before. And I, I lunched, man. I fouled him. I fouled him. I fouled, him. I fouled this big African. Instead of letting him go full court, he misses both of the free throws. Wow. But mind you, they had this guy who's from Serbia on their team as well, who threw my partner out of the way. threw him And I see it. I'm like, I, I'm, at the, I'm boxing out the free throw guy because I'm like, we just need to get this ball out of here. Like, it's, one, it's like one second left. Yeah. Like, it's just enough to just call and put it back. He throws him out after the rebound and gets it and goes up to shoot a floater. And I'm seeing it. And at the last second, I go to go to block it, but I couldn't get it, and it goes in. Oh no! And it was like a dead man walking all the way back to the airport. I knew I was gone. Wow! I knew I knew I was gone. And sure enough, they they cut me. I stayed about a couple more days, like like a, a couple more weeks. I stayed yeah. about a couple of weeks. Was, my car had gotten an accident, so we had to figure out how much that was going to cost, even though I got hit. Wow yeah so that was
1: a crazy time man like, that I
0: mean, that's I, that story is I mean. real
1: <laughs> we, we got a. Uh, I i mean i mean I, I i hate to say it but uh renee you know you have to address the uh the elephant in the room can you take care of that for me buddy
0: i mean that story was real um that was really cool that's something um do not get very often i mean we had people here playing in all, all over europe but yeah that's special so thank you for that um <laughs> Yeah, right now, um, the world is in big fear, more or less. Um, Most people are sitting at home. Uh, As long as you're not active, um, we will not ask you about how you... um prepare for the next season or something. What we ask most other people, but you already said you are a lot into mental things and um, probably mm-hmm. you can still say a few things to people who are interested outside. I know I, know I coach a lot of uh, basketball players too, young players, mm-hmm. and they seem to be very depressed of the situation. They don't know what, mm-hmm. what is coming next and what would you address to them?
2: Well, I would definitely say this. There's, in crises. whenever there's a crisis, this is when leaders emerge. So there's gonna be winners and losers. So, you gotta you gotta understand that, and just like you put your pants on, they put their pants on. Just like you tie your shoes up, they tie their shoes up. Just like you're in this situation, somebody else is in that situation, and you can use the best of this situation to gain ground on other people. Whether it's dribbling the ball in your in your in your flat, whether it's watching, learning new moves to where you could get them psychology. Like you could watch moves and learn the footwork and get them to where you visualize them so much is the same thing. Like, you visualize it. Think about the Phil Jackson tactics that he had with, with the Zen, with, with the Bulls. Like, you could watch these moves. You could, you could study. Like, you can get a chance to really study and slow down and put together a plan. And when this is all said and done, you are ready to go. Like, if you got your players, they could reach out to you and be like, yo, coach, what can I do in this, in this moment to really maximize my time? Because you got nothing but time. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing that a dude does when he's locked down, like when he's locked down, a dude's in jail or in, in prison and he's in solitude, the moment he gets out, he's 100% ready to go. Well, everybody right now is in solitude right now. And you could be so motivated and really put together a plan that when them doors open, you grab him the first basketball and the first victim and you in there, You the first time you get in there. So I'm really passionate like that. You just woke up a beast just now, like just yeah, thinking about it. It's beautiful, bro. It's beautiful. You know what I'm
1: saying? I'm sorry can, can we? Sorry, can we take it a step further too? Because I know I really love what you're doing right now, man. With uh, you know, with the young ball players that are there in Georgia, bro, and and you're out there, man. You know, building up. You know, hopefully the next E. Holloway, man. Take us through that real quick. How how much fun is that to to show these young guys? You know, the, the next generation and push them forward. Man, it's extremely firm, and I got this thing called
2: buckets of bench. You know, a bucket, like if you're not getting buckets, you got to sit on the bench, simple as that. You know what I'm saying? A bucket is bringing value to your team. It doesn't always have to be you scoring the ball, but you just bring value to the team. Understand how you bring value to your team, your community, your family, your friend, your shorty. You know what I'm saying? Figure out how you're going to do that and bring value. So when it comes to these kids and I'm able to bring them value, it's fulfilling. It's, yeah. it's, it's extremely fulfilling. And at the, back, the basketball taught me so many principles. Like it taught me, it taught me how to <clears throat> be responsible, how to sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? How to how to how to be disciplined, and how hard work pays off. Like yeah. period. So when I'm around these kids, and had a story the other day. Like for example, like see, I like I do music, and the reason why I do music because they get a, they get an opportunity to hear, they get an opportunity to hear the lessons from me. From from what I did, it's like a transcript of what I did when I was when I was hooping. Like I'm not the biggest, I don't have the best grammatical. Like that's not me. Like but poetry, like I'm good with that. So when I'm when I'm speaking this 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 knowledge to them, we had a situation where, where uh we was working the other day, and we was jumping over a box. Right, like we're jumping over a box, and I and I'm big Tim Grover. I studied Tim Grover. I studied all. I try to study everybody who was successful tim grover talked about the mindset man you know what i'm saying tell me he's not a beast he's talking about the you get the mindset first and then you get the skill set you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and with this day and age when you see the kids it's so easy to watch on on, on instagram and see the moves and be like oh yeah i could do the moves but then when you run across a dog and it's time to do what a beast dude you can't be a beast you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. or when it's time when people are or, or, or in the stands and you got a and Joe on the other opposing team, how you going to, how you going to, how you going to react? You know what I'm saying? Like when they, when they call you all type of names, they doing this, the media, you read your te- name in the, in the newspaper, how you going to react? So we had a situation where we had to jump over a box and it seems so simple. It seems so simple to me to just go out there and jump over a box without even thinking. But when a kid walks up to that box and it looks tall and he's like, He's reluctant. He doesn't just go up there with his instincts. He doesn't do it. And then I, I, have, I, I share with him, fear is just an illusion. You know what I'm saying? Fear is just an illusion. Fear is just an illusion. Fear is just an illusion. Well, I'm scared I'm gonna fall and hurt myself. Well, until you learn to die, you never learn to live. Like when you're able to say those things and that mindset and the next thing you know, they break through that and they jump and they do it. And the next thing you know, they're jumping like consistently. Like that's a feeling that you can't, you can't get that nowhere else. Like I was saying, the mindset brings the skill set, and that's that's what I'm doing around here, man. Is is changing is is changing the mindset, changing the mindset around here. Like, there's we have some great trainers around here, like we do, like some amazing trainers. Like I've a lot, and most of them I've trained with, coming up. Like we would all link up. Like, so I got nothing but love for them and nothing respect, and I want them to win, and I would love for my clients to work with them because you you gotta find identity in your own game, like you can't just be a puppet, you know what I'm saying you gotta find creativity yeah. <clears throat> but when what I excel at and what I'm passionate about like it brought tears to my eyes like is that mindset like that is a different that is a different beast like is a it takes a different beast to be across that water it takes a different beast to be across that water, and, and nobody believes in you like. At least that, from that mindset, like nobody like you just lost, and you and and words have been exchanged. Like, like it takes a different mindset, and it takes a different mindset to prepare for that moment when everything is chaotic in a game, and you got five seconds left, and you need to block everything out and focus on why am I here, and I'm not scared of losing. It all like I'm not scared of losing it at all. I'm here because they're gonna say at the end of the day, if they never see me again, I gave it everything I got, and that's the mindset that I, that I brought. That's why I play with passion. That's why I never knew if I was gonna ever play again. Like I when somebody told me that, I believed that shit. They told me you never know if you're gonna play again. I believed it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that and yeah, and Renee, yeah. you talked you touched on it earlier. You were saying like if if like if you don't make it to the NBA and you play overseas, you you, you don't have any regrets. You don't, and the reason being is because you give it everything you have. Like you don't yeah. hold back. Like what the, what is there gonna hold back for? You only have regrets when you feel like you you held back, because ignorance is bliss. You could not know something, and you can't fault nobody for not knowing. Them. But now that you know, change it and keep moving forward. So that's what I bring, man. I love it, man. I I love I love life, man. I'm building this. I'm starting
1: from the bottom. I'm building, man. So that's beautiful, dog. And you know, we appreciate you. And and let me say this too. You know, I really respect what you do because I mean, I'm not a hater at all. And I know there's a lot of guys that are out there that are trainers. And you know, and it's and for a lot of those guys, you know, it just seems more like less like a hustle for me. But I can hear in your voice, and I know you on a personal level. I know you love those kids, man. You want what's best for them. And uh, I always uh, say, like, with me. You know, I coach my U18 guys. I'm not the best coach in the world, but I'm the the best hype man in the world, and I make them believe in themselves. And on top of all that, I always say, hey, listen, if you're the general and we're going to war and you've never been to a war before, then you can't teach me this. You can't show me what's going on. But the thing is, you play pro ball in so many different countries, bro, and you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're talking about when you're talking to these kids, bro. So respect, dog. Respect all day.
2: Appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. Definitely gotta get back out there to Germany and see what they get, what they hitting on, man.
1: Oh yeah, man. You know, you hook up with me and Renee, man. We take you to H Town, man. Drink some big Harry Housing beers, bro. Ain't nothing. <laughs> to say, dog. we love you, dog. You know what I mean? We love <laughs> yeah. you, bro. I'm one of your groupies, bro. Ain't nobody gonna wanna <laughs> ball you around me neither. I let these hands go. Let's get it. Let's yeah. What a real groovy gonna do? It. A real groovy gonna hold you down, bro. We are fans. <laughs> not, I,
2: appreciate that, I appreciate that, I got nothing but love for you, Triple O G, like for real, like, you was a wild one dog. we were wild, but we were effective and efficient, like. Exactly. We got it done, we got it done, I learned in my older age that I had to tone some of those things back, but <laughs> I, wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't
1: change it for the world. Exactly, we, we live and we learn. Any, anything you know, else you wanna add, Renee?
0: Yeah, this whole story of, of the UBC Tigers, I mean, it was within, like, you with the Goch uh, twins sitting around playing some ball. Seven years later, you are in the second league in Germany with yeah, man. 6, or 5,000 people watching the game. All of this within seven years. I mean, what can normal, ordinary people do accomplish within seven years? This is... <laughs> Hey, but I tell you something.
1: But there's something else you gotta to understand too. E like in between those times, we had these uh, these uh, summer league, these uh, b- basketball tournaments, three on three tournaments called Summer Madness. You know, so we had to go out there and try to get sponsors, and and you yeah. know, and of course, I was the hype man. You know, I'm out there with. I had no. And check this out. This is crazy. I had absolutely no health coverage at that time because I was trying to be an entrepreneur. So when yeah. you, I was doing my drug prevention program. So in Germany, if you're not working for someone, then it's called a self standing, you know? And so I'm working mm-hmm. for myself, bro. I had no health coverage and I'm out there with a microphone in my hand, drank 20 beers. And now I'm flying over a mountain bike, dunking a basketball, you know, j- jumping <laughs> over motorcycles, dunking a basketball. Yeah. So I thank God there's nothing happened have it because if I would have failed, bro, I would have yeah. been, not only would my back would have been broke, my pockets would have been leaking. <laughs> They'd hit you up for everything you got. But that's but that's what I mean. No, no risk, no fun. And we went through that so that we would be able to get sponsors, so that we would be able to one day have a budget to, um you know, yeah. to afford to be able to pay a great player like yourself, bro. So it was a grind. So you can imagine. So every time when I was out there and watching you guys ball, it's like uh, I'm really yeah. living. I'm really living a dream, bro. I can see that. Man. Blessed, and and the cool part about it, bro, this is how blessed I am. You know, back in the days, you know, you remember like during you when you guys before you guys were coming out and during the timeouts and things like that, I was shooting and making half court shots, doing all my horse trick shots, and my partner right now, Renee, he was a young dude, and you know he was a young dude looking at me like this dude's a bleep bleep and he's <laughs> like, this is that dude you know what I mean yeah. and so, so that's what I'm saying so you can imagine so when he hit me up with the idea to, to help me you know get the podcast going I was just like all, all of these things came for the simple awesome. fact that yeah. I love basketball and I really put my heart and soul into that club man so you know so yeah. now I'm, just, I'm just reaping the benefits with my partner Renee you know what I mean he <laughs> thinks for me you know what I'm saying he's the young gun thinking for me and I'm his security and you know yeah. we're your fans, so it's all love. <laughs> I got—I gotta say, I appreciate that, man. That puts it all in perspective, though. Thank you, Renee, for the opportunity.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Jumper uh, Joe, because, man, we and I wish we would have been. If Slack wouldn't have got hurt, we would have definitely. We definitely would. We was number. We was we was number one. We had just beat. No, we had just lost the, the number one team that was undefeated. Was it Byru? Byru, yeah. Byru. Yeah. <laughs> we had Bayreuth, we had just lost to them and then after that we didn't have no big man and we struggled but i appreciate i appreciate that because that's and hard they,
0: and they moved up the next year and now they play euroleague it's one of the best teams in germany now yeah. because yeah. i was i was studying there when 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 really? all of this happened yeah uh, and, man. and if i if i no, hmm? no what were you gonna say if, if i if i can add one one more thing is just because Joe said that for the love of the game, uh, it's also important uh, with what we were covering all the time um, with, with, with the thing of dreaming big. If you love the game and you just want to, as Joe loves to say it, getting paid for your dream, for your dream of playing basketball and you're not making it to the NBA, you can still be super proud if you can play anywhere and getting paid for that. Yeah. I mean, for the love of the game, it doesn't matter if you make millions or just enough to live. It's, it's, it's an amazing experience anyway. Doesn't matter.
1: That's right. And I, and I always say the same thing, E and Renee. It's like, hey, man, the thing is, you know, when you're doing something you love to do, you're not working. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not working. It's like, yeah. because you love it. You go and do it and it's just all good. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It is.
1: But before you go, and before we go, uh, let's touch on one more thing. Uh, What would you say to that young basketball player right now who's in uh, Cartersville, Georgia, and, of course, he looks up to you, he realizes that you're a basketball god, and he wants to also, you know, walk in your shoes, and one day he may want to go overseas to uh, play professional basketball or even, you know, make it to the best league in the world, the NBA. What would you say to that young kid?
2: I would say, I would say wake up every morning, Walk into that mirror, look yourself dead in that eye, and tell yourself who you are and who you becoming. Every day, I say that, I do that every day. Cause if it, you can't lie, the eye test don't lie. You just sit in that locker room, and you like I did when I looked at that Saudi Arabian. And I looked at that Saudi <laughs> <room>. <laughs>
1: Wait, hold on, bro. Hold on. I want me to cut you off, but listen, bro. Did you see that man' knees shaking, bro? Was he I didn't
2: see the knees. I saw the. I saw. I heard the knees.
1: <laughs>
2: I heard the knees. I heard the knees. I saw the eyes. I was heard it, he
1: bro. Was he shook?
2: bro? He was shook. He was shook. I said, "Oh hell, here we go." And you know I'm positive, Triple W. You know I'm positive, though. Not know really positive. But when you look and see somebody's soul, and you see that soul, that
1: soul glow. That thing ain't glowing. I know you wanted to say, listen, coach, hold on. Give me that board, get me the <laughs> ball, and get the bleep bleep out my way, man. Out my way.
2: That's what they used to let me do in, in uh, Hanover. Yeah. yeah. Nah, they wasn't the same, but that's what I was saying, man. The eye test don't lie. The first time you look in your eye you, and you don't feel like who you say you are, you yeah. might get a nauseous. You might feel a little scared, but that's cool. Lean into that and keep yeah. saying that. Do some more research, come back to that mirror and do it again. And then your actions will start, your actions will start falling and you're in the right direction.
0: Embra- cool. Embrace the fear of talking to yourself.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Embrace it.
0: That's real. It's it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's a great. Um idea of uh how to how to um accomplish big things in life not only in basketball all, all over life i mean right. and if you can you can be a winner in sports you can be a winner in any situation in life that's also what i preach to athletes i train with because not everyone can be a professional athlete we all right. know that but if you can be uh successful in within your sport within your within your practice and everything right. you can be successful anywhere in life and if you translate that you can be happy about what you've accomplished any 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 time that's real. That's real. That's real. This it's conversation crazy. was. This conversation was real. It was an XL XX large episode here. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, hey, thank you, Emmanuel.
1: Was, hey, dude, thank you so much, brother. We appreciate you. I, I knew me and you was gonna clown it, and oh, man, the day the day is gonna come when we got our studio set up in Hanover, and me and you and Renee gonna sit in our studio and suck on some big face beers, some big hairy <laughs> beers, and man, that's when we can really let loose, bro. For
2: real. Yeah. I come through there, man. Got to do
1: this again, bro.
2: Got to. I appreciate y'all's time, man, and, and having me for real.